0: I uh, uh, you know, I had that, uh, what's that I had in my heartland? man? Uh, a-fib. A-fib. I hear lately my heart is fluttering, I feel like skipping a beat, and what was it, it on magnesium? Mm-hmm. And we stopped it for either to or stop for a while, but we stopped it, but it's doing it again, and I tell you what, it just, it worries me out, so if you see me sitting up here, Occasionally, you know, it's because I'm out of breath, trying to keep up with whatever's going on in my heart. Um, but anyhow, when my dad was alive, we used to have a family saying that if there was trouble within a 50-mile radius, he'd come to dad. it? Well, he had uh, some of the most, if you wrote it all down, people wouldn't believe it. Well, I think I inherited a, a certain amount of that myself. Um, oh, did I mess you up? Come over here. That's all right. Okay. It's portable, isn't it? Portable. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> uh, things that have happened in my life, I know sometimes when I share them with people or I share them with you, they look at me like, yeah, right. But
1: Linda knows. That's why a lot of times I say, isn't that right,
0: Lindsay? Y'all know that. Uh, I remember Dad used to do that all the time. He'd be telling a tale and he said, that's right, isn't it, baby? Well he's doing that one time and Mom said, No, it's not, Leo. He never heard a word. He just kept right. <laughs> he just, he just he said, No Leo, it He just he just kept right on going, just like she said yes, yeah, like she had a million times. <laughs> uh Found of Life is a and has been over the years, a very unique church in a lot of ways. Now you drive by, you see churches say, we have a contemporary service, which is a nice way of saying you can wear your jeans and don't have to wear a tie. Fountain of Life, we're uh, how many years old Lynn, now? 35, 36, something like that. Well, it's always been. In fact, when Fountain of Life first started, people, were they didn't know what to make about us. We were making news all over the country. Uh, here it is. They call us the Biker Church, and they used to really tick me off. And I know you've heard me say this a thousand times. They say, oh, you're the bike. You used to make me mad. And uh, one day the Lord laid on my heart and said, well, oh, just let it be what it wants to be. It's just showing that you're all are distinctive compared to other churches. So I'm okay. Cause I tell people, I say, well, we don't worship motorcycles. We worship the Lord. Uh, you ride a bike, you can come here. It don't matter. We're not gonna, cause I know where I used to pastor at, I used to have to hide my brother-in-law's motorcycle, he was shipped abroad and so he left his motorcycle and I'd ride it. And I'd have to keep it quiet for my congregation I would ride the motorcycle because they just, they grabbed a hold of the beard. I started to grow one time with this little lady and hung from it and brought tears to my eyes. She said, we don't go for that sort of thing around here. So I quit. <laughs> Went over the beard and some other stuff but they, they were good people. Nevertheless, uh, we've, uh, like I said, we've been on national TV. Uh, we had on the angel network, uh, it was showing for three months all over the United States. We get calls from Buffalo, New York to, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma saying, can you come here and start a church like that here? We, we had three phone lines here, I had people answering the three phone lines because just keeping up with the calls that were coming in. So as a result, we were like a, a magnet for people who were sick and tired of the, uh, traditional mainline church. In fact, we used to say there's a whole strata of society that's not being reached by the gospel, and that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to steal away from the big downtown churches where the women wear the huge hats and all that. Now we come here where the pastor wears a huge hat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so at the time, we were unique, and now it's, it's, it's not so unique. But in the event, we not only drew a lot of people, we also drew a lot of nuts i'm just being honest with you i mean people that i tell them deacons or whatever i say keep an eye on that person i don't trust them in a hen house with a muzzle on but uh, that's no joke we've seen in fact there was a sunday or two i had to preach with a bulletproof vest on that's no joke one time this guy came to church here and he i noticed he kept following me around and follow. i mean all the time he's i i'm I guess you could say in some ways I have to fight being jaded. You see, I believe the church is the family, the family of God. We're going to look at some of that here in a minute. But one reason I've been jaded, I've had people to get close to me and stick a knife in my back and all I've done is try to do good for. And sometimes I think it's, I don't want to say it's a curse on me, but I think it's something that uh, the devil attacks me over is. People that I've been good to just had, for no reason, I have even confront them, why? I said, I don't know. Uh, just attack me out of the blue. I don't know the jealousy because they think somebody else is getting close to me or whatever. But uh, after a while, it's like, you know, I, I don't trust nobody. And I have to fight that. I really do. But uh, this guy kept kind of pushing himself uh, to be friends with him. Uh, he rode a motorcycle and everything. And, I don't know, I, I, it was just like that antenna went up, like, you better watch this cat, you better watch him. And uh, one day he said, I need to talk to you, can I make an appointment, I said, yeah. He came up there in my office, he said, uh, I need to tell you something, I said, what's that? He said, I'm with the Hells Angels. I said, well, if you're with the Hells Angels, show it to me. And he knew what I was talking about, if you're with the Hells Angels, you have a, a death head tattoo on you somewhere uh if you're not a hell's angel i don't care what people say that's going to show you the death head if they don't have a death head tattoo they're lying to you and if you have one and you're not a hell's angel they will cut it off of you no joke and um, sure enough he pulled his shoe up and there it was he said i'll even do you one better i said what's that he said can i borrow your computer i said yeah he went over and typed in something. There was a picture of him and Sonny Barber arm in arm taking the picture together. I said, we don't get any closer than that. He said, I gotta tell you what's happened. Uh, uh, law caught me and they said, uh, we'll cut you a deal if you'll do something for us. And he said, uh, I said, well, what was that something? The something was that to get as close to you as we could possibly get because they had a drug dealer who had uh, gotten caught. And he rolled over and said, uh, Vic Young's the one who oversees all the drug drug trafficking in this area and uses the church as a a block." And he said, uh, however, because see, they had even tapped my phone. They had never, Lynn, I used to say, Lynn, somebody's tapping this phone. They had tapped my phone. They had had me checked out. They'd even checked out things in my, with education and all that sort of stuff, and because you know my background with Oxford and what I had scored on the uh, graduate record exams and stuff like that, they were buying it. They they were thinking, well, you know, this this guy's he's he's, he's pulling this off. And I, and then he said, but after he told me how many months they he he had uh, they've been checking me out, he said uh, they called me back in and said. Um, you don't have anything to worry about." He said, in fact, if there's anybody in this area you can trust, he said it'd be Pastor Vic Young. You see, he was one out of the Hell's Angels and he's was wanting me to help get him out. And because there's usually only one way out and that's feet first. And so that's why he kept hanging around here. He wanted out and they were gonna cut him a deal. As a result of things like that, and I can name a lot of other things, uh, it's made me leery. People make me leery because it's like the old saying goes, once burned, twice learned. And uh, a lot of people come here and say, hallelujah, praise God. They want to join the church. And two days after you join the church, can you pay my rent? Can you pay the you know, pretty well. After a while, pretty soon you get like, okay, what's this cat want, you know? And... Uh, you're not careful, you just get you get burned out on trusting people. Now, I mean, from my perspective, but I want to share something with you. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Now, this may be a little lengthy. We're going to jump in <clears throat> at verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. let love be without dissimulation. simulation before that which is evil claim to that which is good be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the Lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant prayer distributing to the necessity of the saints given the hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will were paid, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Wherein so, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. May God bless that reading and the hearing of it to our, head. our hearts. Let's have had a moment's word of prayer. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the family of God. For these things, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. All of God's children said, Amen. "Amen." You see, folks, this—the scripture we read earlier, in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus' mother and brethren came to visit him, and they, they told him, "said uh, Jesus, your, your mothers and brothers are out here." And Jesus said, uh, "Who's my mother? Who's my brother?" He said, "All those, all those who trust in me and believe in me." You see, all of us here probably have biological brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers, but there is not as much as your real family as the body of Christ. You see, we are a family here. A lot of people in this day and time have the attitude, well, I'll attend church there, and, uh, but I just don't feel led to join any church. You're doing yourself a disservice, and you're being unbiblical. And I don't hardly ever preach on this. And because I'm going to tell you right now, there's so many of you out here that I don't know if you're a member or not. I really don't. I'm just here a bit to see you. However, God's word tells us very clearly that uh, we do need a member of a, you need to be a member of a church that God has called you to. You see, the church needs to be this church particularly, not just within the body of Christ. You see, that, that's called the universal church. But you need to be called to a local church body. And if you feel led and you agree biblically with what that church believes, you should be a member of that church. Because as a result, like I said before, we'll get people who who will join the church. And two days later, they don't know what we believe. That's usually what I tell people. I say, get rid of the papers back there and find out what you're joining, what what we believe. We don't want you to come back in a week or two and say, I didn't know you all believed that. You need to know what you're joining because it's a big deal to join this family. And that's what this is, is a family. And in a family, you're going to have agreements and you're going to have disagreements. Amen? Amen. So we don't take off. months. Well, I'll just go someplace else. I didn't like the way brother or sister so-and-so looked at me. I didn't like what the what the, what the preacher uh, preached this morning. Uh, it's not nothing biblical that I'm against. It's just the way he said it. I just didn't like. He didn't even shake my hand when I come by today. Cause he got the virus. I don't want tongue, you to catch it. So in any event, we are instructed to join a particular local body. For example, in Acts chapter two. When, when, when Peter stood up and he preached at the day of Pentecost Up until this time according to Acts 1 There was only about 120 people You could say was a member of the body of Christ Only about 120 After Peter preached That day alone 3,000 people were added To the body of Christ Now we know from this That it's just not a matter of Joining the body of Christ Universal But joining a local body. They kept track of it. They kept, kept names of it. We see that in Acts chapter 5 because as a result of being called to a particular body, they just had to establish deacons to find out the needs of the people in the congregation. That's like, I know Linda gets calls every day. I'd say be safe to say, sometimes more than one, somebody wanting to help, particularly this day and time on their Uh, Rent, electric bill, stuff like that And and we we have to check it out We have to check it out But one thing she'll always ask Are you a member of this church? Because if you're a member of this church You get top priority Because you're part of this family That God has led you to join So when you belong to a local church That body is to watch out for you To encourage you, to edify you to To lift you up Another thing, if you don't belong to a church, you can't come under any church discipline. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is writing about a particular man who was living a debaucherous life. And God's God's word says, go and talk to him. If he don't straighten up, bring him before the church. If he still don't repent, then cast him out of the church. You see, one reason for church membership, we all need oversight. In Hebrews chapter 13, we see that even the pastors themselves I have to give an account because they watch for your souls. Everybody has a boss. Everybody has to be accountable. When you join a local church, if you get out of the way, then we in love, according to Galatians, consider one another in love. I'll come to you. Some of you folks, I don't know. I may come to you and say, hey, can we talk? Now, a lot of people I've done that too. they won't come back. They won't. I dare him ask me about this, that, and the other. It is my responsibility. And when I die, I'll stand before God give an account, not you. I don't stand before you. And uh, a lot of times I'll just tell you, it, uh, uh, like I said, I may, there may be people right here that I've sat down and said, look, uh, I'm not the God squad. And if you're a member of this church, I had that conversation all long ago. I said, if you're a member of this church, we've got a problem because of the way you're living. But now if you're not a member of the church, I have no authority over you whatsoever. We still want you to come to church here. I still believe this is a hospital for the sin sick. We want everybody to come here. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're ex-con, whatever. We want you to come here because you need to hear the Word of God. You need to be taught and compromise the compromise Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. But when you're a member, that's a whole different ballgame. So some people say, "Well, I, I don't want to uh, be a member." You see, but when you're a member of that body of Christ, the church, of Life Church, is like an embassy, like an embassy. Uh, one time, and I seem like I use this reference Oxford a lot, but I was when I'd finished my studies over there, I'd received my certificate. We come back down to London, and Mr. Eaton come over to watch my graduation. He misses him. And I was, Lynn and I were out walking around one day uh, there in London, and I had a big long raincoat on. I had a, what you call a low clearance hat, you know, buttons down the bill, turn around backwards, my hair was like that. Uh, he, he called me, he said, uh, did he call me or find me? I can't remember, anyway, he said, Vic, I've got tickets to go into the Queen's Palace. It only happens every once in a great while. I got his tickets to go into the palace. I said, well, Mr. i I'm not dressed for it. I said, look here, T-shirt, raincoat. You know, if they saw me in the park, they would rest me as a flasher, you know. I I said, I just, I'm not ready. He said, oh, it don't matter, it don't matter. This is a once in a lifetime chance. And so we go in and we have to go through this metal detector, this is 1999, this is before 911. And so we're going through this metal detector and you have to empty your pockets and everything because you're going to buy uh, paintings that are finest paintings and sculptures and such in the world. You're going into the queen's house. And so I got up there and emptied my pockets into this metal tray. Well, when I left Tri-City International, I had a pocket knife. I asked the guy at Tri-City, I said, is it all right to take this? Yeah, they won't, no big deal. It was a big deal in England because it was a case double blade, double lock blade, which means you had two of the main blades and when you open it up, they locked out. So when they took that knife and they opened it up and held it, it was about that long. And these <laughs> little old ladies gasped. They just knew that I was, and the next thing I knew is two of the palace police, one on each arm grabbed me and they hauled me, I was hollering and I said, I don't know, I'll get, but, Stay with the Eatons. They got their own, in case you ever wondered, they got their own little police station there. I can tell you all about it. Went inside and bars and everything, sit down at the table, what's your name? Can I see your passport. And he said, I said, but but he I mean like I had nothing to say at all. Finally I said, look, I was told it was okay when I left the airport to, to carry this. He said, let me tell you something. Yesterday we arrested one of the top soccer players in the United Kingdom because he owned a BB gun. He said, what you have brought in here, we have to prosecute you. And I said, look, my dad just passed away. He, this is something that he gave me and it means a lot to me. He said, it don't matter. He said, I'm going to do one thing for you. I said, what's that? He said, I want to give you a one time offer that if you will relinquish that knife, sign these papers say you've been a bad boy, we'll let you go. And I said, you don't understand I, My dad gave me that, it's an heirloom. I said, I'll pay, I'll give you money to ship it, and do whatever. He said, no, we have the machine downstairs and turn it up. Well, you know and I know that knife did never even get torn run But uh, I said, well, only choice I got, he said, because when you tried to leave the country, if they'd have found that, He said, you wouldn't get this offer, you'd be in prison. So I had no choice but to do that. Well, when I showed them that passport right away, it was a whole different situation because I'm not part of the United Kingdom. All of a sudden now I come under the auspices of the law and the leadership of the United States. Now that's a long illustration to say this. If you're a child of God and you're a Christian, your membership is in heaven. Therefore, this local church is an embassy in this part of the country. In Mexico, there's a U.S. embassy. In Mexico City. In London, there's a U.S. embassy. We here see this as an embassy. And as a result, we are to go out from here and represent. We're to represent Jesus Christ. We're to, give, we're to walk in such a way that people say, oh, they're, they're of the kingdom of God. Oh, they're, they're one of those. We see that in the New Testament, that the Christians would be arrested and they'd say, oh, these are those of the way. We can tell by the way they talk, by the way they act. They are people of the way. When God has called you to this embassy, he has called you to be, as 2 Corinthians 5 says, an ambassador. So that when you go out, you you will use the local church that you have been called to be a member to as an embassy, as a place where he has called you to minister. You say, "Well, I have no ministerial." Yes, you do. The very fact that you are born again Christian and you have the Holy Spirit in you, right away, you are a walking, talking ambassador, whether you like it or not. And so, being the family of God, we are to treat each other. As fellow co-workers in the ministry of Jesus Christ, we are to realize that everybody here is more a brother and sister than any, any biological Why? Because, like Romans chapter 8, he has adopted us whereby we may cry, Abba, Father. We have the same daddy God, every one of us. So when therefore when we say father or, or brother or sister, it's not some kind of hyperbole. It's the fact that you are my brothers. You are my sisters. We have the same daddy This supersedes any biological composition. As a result, we're to take care of each other. We're to pray for one another. We're to encourage one another. God's Word tells us First John chapter 4, to love God, you have to love the brethren. And so we are to love one another. See, this is something like, I've been burned so much that I have to consciously tell myself, okay, they're a brother and sister in Christ, therefore I must trust them. And I'd like to borrow a statement from John F. Kennedy, if I may. He was using this to refer as a citizen of the United States. It's not what this country can do for you, but what you can do for this country. Same thing applies in the body of Christ. It's not so much of what can I get out of the church or what can the church do for me, it's what can you do for the church. Because what you do for the church, you're doing to the, for the furthest of the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen. So when you place a membership here at Fountain of Life it's because you've prayed about it and this is where God has called you to be part of this local family. And as a result, we are to care for one another. If one of us gets into trouble, we're, we're doing all we can to help one another. Uh, years ago, I wrote a little book on Freemasonry, and boy, did it cause a stir. <laughs> this was this is back before anybody was writing anything. In fact, there was only two people: myself and John Ankerberg down in Ch- Chattanooga. Unbeknownst to each other, we were doing uh, investigative writing on this very topic. In fact, uh, I was asked to come on. Um, uh, hold on, I think it was. Not PTL, but uh, Robertson. Uh, 700 Club. 700 Club, thank you. 700 Club. They wanted me, because this writing, the one branch of the Presbyterian Church had used my writing to make a denominational statement against uh, being part of a secret Oakland society. And so uh, 700 Club wanted me to come on. And uh, Pat Robertson, that's who it was. And uh, he wanted to interview me and talk about this because it causing a lot of shakeup.
1: And I thought, wow,
0: that's, that's pretty neat. And there was a, a minister over in Kingsport. Kingsport uh, he was traveling through. I can't think who it was at the time, but he was a well-known evangelist. And I went over there to hear him, and afterwards I kind of hung him out. I said, let me ask you something I'm really struggling with. He said, what's that? I said, I wrote this book, and I told him what all was going on as a result. I said, my life's been threatened, everything. I said, you can't imagine. He said, I said, however, I said, Pat Roberts said, come comes wanting me to come on, wanting to talk about my book. I said, I've got some reservations about it. He said, why? I said, I don't know. He said, well, here's what's going to happen. If you go on there and you talk about your book regarding the expose on Freemasonry, he said, from now on, all you will be known as is the preacher who spoke on Freemasonry. He said, that, that'll be your whole monitor. You'll be asked to come to churches. That's all you'll ever speak about. I said, I don't want that. I want to preach the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. I don't want to be known as a Johnny One note. He said, well, that's what's going to happen. So I got in touch with 700 Club and I said, uh, I really appreciate it, but uh, I just don't, don't think so. Now, monetarily, if I had, there were no other books out about that time. I could have made a fortune. But, I really believe the Lord did not want me to at that time because I love teaching and preaching all the Word of God. You see, it is my responsibility to feed and care for the flock. You see, I'm an under-shepherd. Christ is the shepherd. It is my responsibility to oversee Uh, on behalf of the Lord, and to feed the flock. And how do we feed the flock? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so something we have tried to do here at Fountain of Life, and you know it's true. Other churches know it's true. We preach the word of God. Genesis to Revelation. We're going to teach you what God's word says. If you like it, good. If you don't like it, your problem's not with us. Your problem's with the word of God. Now, it doesn't mean we can't be called on something. That's all part of the process. But all through the New Testament, there's all this teaching that relegates church as a family of God. In Romans chapter 15, verses 25 and 26, we see a very important thing. I wasn't going to get you to turn there, but I spent too much chasing squirrels around the barn. But anyway, in in Romans chapter 15, verses 25 and 26, you see that Paul went to uh, a Gentile church and told them about how the church in Jerusalem, the Jewish church, was they were starving because they were being persecuted. They were starving. And he, he Paul was so moved that a, a church, Christian church of Gentiles, realized that their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem were hurting, and they took up a collection knowing that it was gonna strap them because they didn't have a lot of extra money. But they took up money to send to the brothers and sisters of Christ in Jerusalem, showing that how the body of Christ ought to, to take care of the needs of one another. Christians at this time, Paul, was he went forth before he was saved to persecute and arrest and have Christians killed. And people would be tortured beyond measure. And yet they would not renounce their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if Christianity is a hoax, by the time you get started to get tortured, you're going to give it up. But once you have met and known the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know that you know that you know that first off, He is your Savior, He is your Father, and you're a member of the body of Christ, and you won't betray your brothers and sisters. Because that's the kind of information they wanted to know. Where are you meeting? Because so much of the body of Christ had to meet underground. Where are you meeting? Who's part of it? We know from different writings, like the Didache and such, they kept membership roles. They needed to know who is part of this family so that we can take care of them, so that we can apply church discipline to, to watch for their souls, and indeed that's the case, so that we can do uh, uh, works to help the brother, brothers and sisters in Christ, so that we can send forth missionaries to build other churches. Paul went about establishing the elders in every city. What well for? To build a local church that people would be called to minister, to serve in, and to be a member of. We don't need to take the attitude, so many people today may go to a church and say, I'm not going to join with all the, the turmoil I hear about in church and all the hypocrisy and all the scandals. I'm not going to join. I'm going to fellowship. Well, there's always going to be imperfect bodies of Christ. Because I don't know if you realize this, but you don't have a perfect family. Do you realize that? Mom, I know you, that's the way you see me, but I've got some sisters in our mom. <laughs> I hate to be the one to break it, but I think they were found under a cabbage leaf. They ain't like the rest of it. But they're still family. I got one sister. Oh, God help us. So if she called me right now and said, Big, I need help. You know what I'd do? Hang up. <laughs> Be, that'd be my temptation. And i go, okay, where are you at? What do you need? That's the way this body of Christ here will be. I don't care. You don't join a church to just see what can it do for me. You come here because this is where you're supposed to get your marching orders. You, you are an ambassador sent out from this embassy. And God has called you. If he's called you to be a member of this embassy, you need to do that. the only way you can be a member of this church is first off you've got to know jesus your lord and savior you have to be baptized now we do accept baptism from other churches a lot of churches don't do that a lot of churches have what they call closed communions you see god's word also tells us in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 that we're bound together by the communion of the blood of christ in other words when we take communion it's saying that we are bound as a brother and sister in this local body when the communion, the bread and the cup, is offered. God, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 16. Look it up. We're bound together, signifying we're brothers and sisters under a Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we don't have closed communion because we live now in the Western Hemisphere where we have a lot of transient people. We only say, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? That makes them a member of the universal church, the bigger church. But what is of particular importance is to this body, this local, viable body that you have been called to be a member of. And when you are a member of this church, you are family. You are family. Doesn't mean we have to necessarily like each other. We used to have a fellow go to church here what's that w mm-hmm. um we just have a fellow go to church uh, he had some talents as such and he he was faithful he's a hard worker he, he wasn't the shortest knife in the door. but nevertheless i told him one day we got to talking uh and we were in the meeting i talked and i said just to give you an example i said so and so you're my brother in christ and i love you and i love to see you work in the church I said, but if it wasn't for the fact that we're brothers in Christ, if it wasn't for the church, I wouldn't give you the time of day. <laughs> he called you crying, didn't he? He called me and said, you're you. I am just telling you, I, I appreciate you and I love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> because he's always screwing something up. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I would have done anything. To this day, I'd do anything for him. But he just had one of them personalities that, Rubbing. You ever had somebody like that just see? They don't have to do anything. You see, you were too quick to raise your hand. you got somebody in mind. <laughs> but you love them because they're a, they're a brother or sister in Christ. Don't mean you have to hang out with them, but if they need help, you've got to be there. Because they're part of this family. And you help your family. You do what your family needs. And like I said, this is more binding than the blood that flows through your or a biological kin. It's that important. God's word, in fact, all through the New Testament, as we read in Romans chapter 12, that whole chapter talks about being part of the body of Christ. And in being part of the body of Christ, we all have talents and gifts and abilities that differ. But God has called you to that particular Bible congregation so that your particular talent or gift will be used. We, we have people who are musically talented. We have people who have teaching abilities. We We have people that are just... Great ambassadors that may not be able to sing, teach, whatever, but they'll go and represent Jesus Christ. They may be that being part of the motorcycle ministry and wearing that vest so that other people see what Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to the Jew, first to the Gentile. I've told this congregation time and again, I've told the motorcycle ministry, when you wear that FLBC vest, that big red cross on you may be at a red light and somebody in the car just looked at that. Makes them think of Jesus, made them think of what their relationship is. It makes you wonder how can you be so bold and say to themselves, I don't know what they have, but I sure wish I had. It. And you've never said a word. You see, God will use us uh, in accordance to his will and plan. That's why he's called you to certain churches. If you've joined this church, hopefully you realize the Holy Spirit has drawn you to be a member of this family. He's, he's called you someplace else and you're, you're looking around, then that's great. But if you know that you know that you... I've had people walk in here and, and literally say, as soon as I walked in here, as soon as I walked in here, I knew that the Lord told me, you're home. You're home. But I still like telling you, you need to read this, though. You need to read our doctrinal statement or statement of faith so that you know where we're coming from. Because this is a family. This is a family. You are my brothers and sisters. I have to fight against the inclination because of having been burned so much to physically remind myself, okay, Vic, you need to realize they're your brother and sister in Christ. They need her help. That's why when Linda, somebody calls here, they're needing counseling or they're needing help with food or rent or whatever. She'll always ask them, are you a member of this church? What she's doing by that is more maybe she even realizes what you're saying is what God's Word says because God's Word says those who are in need and particularly those of the household of faith, that's our top priority. So maybe it's something you need to pray about. Amen? Amen. Let's stand it real quick. Well, uh, tell me, to play. That's different. Praise God. That's that's good. We love all of our talented musicians here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. We thank you for this day. We thank you for being the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you that the work that you have begun in us, you will bring to completion. We thank you, Father God, that before the foundation of the world, you knew us and you called us. We thank you that according to Acts 17, you determine when and where we would live and move and have our being. And so, Father God, we thank you for this local Bible body of Christ. We thank you for the ministry that it has done over the years. And we ask, Father God, that you continue to keep our eyes, our sights on you. That we continue to minister as a unit, as a family, and that we love the brethren. And Father, I just pray if anyone here today doesn't know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please come forward and and let us talk to you. If you wanna if you're safe and you wanna place your membership here at Fountain of Life, please come up and and let us know. Tony? Just as I am with while, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. I know a number of people who, who think just because they were baptized here, they were automatically a member. That's not necessarily true. Or because they've attended church here so long, they just assumed that they were members. Being a member, it's just like when you come forward to profess Jesus to be baptized, you have to let this family know. You want to be a part of this family, uh, so it's as much of uh, necessity. We appreciate each and every one of you here today. Uh, watch Matt study at six o'clock uh, every morning at six thirty. Six fifteen. Six fifteen. Six fifteen. And Wednesday night at seven. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, do we come into your presence? Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for your holy, inspired, and infallible Word. Father, guide us now to be ambassadors for you and to go forth and represent Jesus Christ. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.